All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, welcome to Grease the Wheels, your weekly automotive podcast coming to you live from the Rock and Roll Garage, your host, Uncle Jimmy. How y'all doing, motherfuckers? <laughs> Tossed you for a little loop there, didn't I? Hey, uh, want to say thanks real quick here before I get started. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do. I, I mean it. I mean it, boys and girls. Thank you. I know what you're doing out there, and I approve of what you're doing. I also know what you're doing. I'm kind of doing it myself a little bit. Not not like some of you. Some of you are fixing some fucking serious shit. Me, I'm just fixing cars. Most of us are just fixing cars. It's still kind of a big deal, but not as big as some of the other fucking shit you people out there with wrenches and tools and sh- experience and knowledge and training and all that other horse shit are fixing. All right. So I just want to let you know that everybody in one big group, thank you for what you do. The world moves forward because of you. Because of you. Thank you for what you do. Now, uh, I, I spend every uh, every week before I do the podcast trying to figure out what I'm going to do, what I'm going to talk about on the podcast. And, uh, you know, the well is, well is kind of dry. There's a lot of shit that I've talked about, and some of it's, quite frankly, not very entertaining at all, and I apologize. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it, it's tough to come up with original material week after week after week, but I somehow managed to spew some bullshit out there and put it out there and let you guys listen to it <clears throat> quite frankly some of it i wouldn't even call good at all and uh, i'm sure you're familiar with those episodes uh what i did this week and i was at a real loss for what to do so i went in and i just started checking out different media uh, i was just uh, watching some uh watching a movie actually on uh, used cars in fact the name of the movie was used cars and it was a parody it was a parody of what happens uh in the used car business but uh it was from a long, long time ago. A very, very young Kurt Russell was in it. It was from the late 1970s uh, and featured a U.S. president probably none of you have ever heard of before named Jimmy Carter. Uh, and, you know, there was another actor in there who played two characters. One was an honest, simple, dusty, dirty used car lot owner, and the other was his disgusting, greedy, grubby fucking brother who ran a car lot across the street and was obviously more successful, but obviously also more sinister and criminal. So, and in the end, the good guys won. Thank you very much. Uh, but you, you know, what's funny is I have come from that era and, and you know me as an old man. So, uh, I've come from that era. I was a wee lad then, but still, uh, that's kind of the way the, uh, car business used to be where, uh, really literally, and I, I mean this literally, uh, salespeople in car dealerships were the biggest fucking scumbags that ever crawled out of the primordial slime. And uh, a lot of them are gone now. Uh, There are still some around. There are a few around. But for the most part, most dealers, most brands, most uh, used car lots have kind of weaned out these sort of uh, twist your arm up behind your back and throw the keys onto the roof of the building kind of uh, salespeople that won't let you leave until you absolutely promise to buy the car. Uh, But there's still a few out there. And it also uh, speaks to the origin of a lot of the auto groups out there who actually uh, built their businesses and their massive uh, auto groups on the backs of people like these. So uh, as far as media goes, it was strictly for entertainment, and it was considered a parody, but it wasn't that far off the mark. Now, there was a, a couple of mechanics portrayed in this particular comedy, and they were uh, they were both completely and totally unhinged. Uh, and that's the that's really <laughs> that's really the message, folks. 
is that mechanics are just unhinged. Your Uncle Jimmy being fucking one of them. Uh, and my hinge just needs to be oiled uh, on occasion. <laughs> it keeps swinging. Uh, what I wanted to do, I found some other media too, not just on TV, but uh, I found some media on the internet. And you know you know the deal. I go through and I find something and I, I make comments on it. And a lot of times I don't read it, but this particular one I read, and I've got a, a few of these that I wanted to kind of just skim through and give you some content for this week and, and give you an idea of what's going on out there. Uh, let me just say this before I get started. As, as mechanics, as technicians, as people who repair cars, we have literally, I've talked about it a million times, but I, here it comes again. We have the poorest most god-awful image in people's minds that you can have. I really, uh, if you were to make a list of the most hated occupations in the world, you know, I think number one would be a a, a dictator, you know, one who's, who's killed millions of people and tried to take over the world, you know, I think a Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini and Idi Amin and some other motherfuckers like that, Kim Il-jong, and, uh, you know, just, just general jerk-offs who do the wrong thing at every turn, just trying to get ahead and trying to, I don't know, control the fucking planet, okay? But somewhere on that list in the top five is auto mechanics, probably slotted in at number four underneath IRS agents. Uh, We're not viewed very well. We're just, we have, I say it all the time, we have bad PR and people don't look to us to solve their problems. They look to us to rip them off. And uh, frankly, it annoys me just a little bit that they're right sometimes. And I wish that they weren't, but there's nothing I can really do about that. If you're if you're out there uh, selling people things they don't need and doing repairs that they don't need and charging them way too much for repairs that you're doing to their car, I beg you and implore you to stop doing that and try to earn a more honest day's wage. Uh, and I don't have any other weapons to assault you with other than words and the fact that there is a thing called karma and this shit will come around and bite you right in the ball sack. That is if you still have one. So you need to be, you need to make an attempt to be more honest and, and give the customers, the owners of the vehicles you work on, whoever that may be, if they're your customers or if they're somebody else's customers, need to give them an honest uh, day's work on their vehicle, honest pricing, uh, honest opinions, honest uh, recommendations, okay? Because we need to rebuild our reputation. We, we, I don't even, I don't even want to say we need to rebuild it. We just need to build it up. It's never been torn down. It, it was always bad. I think it's been bad since the beginning. I think the the second time the car broke down and a guy had to pay for the second repair on the very first car ever, he said, "What the fuck? Didn't you fix this before?" Well, yeah, I did, but you broke it again. Well, you're just trying to rip me off, and that was the beginning of it. And it's all been downhill from there. And and I'll tell you, uh, one of the things that bothers me the most is that all of the media that I read on the internet, and I, I read a lot of it, trying to bring information to you people, trying to inform you about how things are and why they are the way they are now, why things are changing. And, and for the most part, they're changing for the better for us. But there is a lot of things that aren't going to change anytime soon when I run across some of the stuff Stupid fucking shit I see on the internet. Stupid fucking crap that that so-called journalists are putting. I mean, I say so-called because this is not, this one particular article I found, and I'm going to lead you to it so you can look it up, so you can see what I'm talking about. And when you read it, your brain will throb with pain because it made no sense. It was idiotic. It was stupid it was all the adjectives that describe something that is just fucking wrong basically stupid idiotic retarded mean indifferent just just crap just basically a great big steaming coil of dog shit 
I'm going to tell you where to find it. And if you're uh, actually not working on a car right now, you listen to this. I know a lot of you do that. Uh, if you're not working on a car right now, I, I suggest you go over to whatever you have that has the internet on it and find this site. Uh, it is actually, uh, it looks to me to be an aftermarket insurance company's site. An aftermarket, it looks to be an aftermarket a warranty company is really what I should say is what it looks like to me. I can't really tell exactly what they sell here. I could probably go into it, but I don't want to get uh, 5,000 phone calls later in the week because I looked at what they have uh, available. Okay. But I'm going to bring you this. This is from a place called Protect My Car. And it's a blog. It says it's a blog. It says it's written by the PMC staff. So nobody has really put their name to this. And it's probably a good thing because this is the most ridiculous. And folks, you know that I've read a lot of ridiculous stuff on the internet and, and regaled you with tales of it. This is easily far and above the most ridiculous fucking thing I have ever read in my life. I know I've said that before, but this one, this one really, really, really takes the cake. I mean, it's over the fucking top and all the other cliches that go with, uh, you know, how far beyond it's sane or sanity this, this particular article has, article has gone. So if you want to go to the site, it's PMC Protect My Car. And the title of the article is What is the Hardest Repair on a Car? Now, the syntax of that particular statement is really not all that great, but I can live with that, okay, because that was the start. What is what is the hardest repair on a car? It should say, you know, I mean, if we're going to be grammar Nazis here, it should say, what is the hardest repair to perform on a car? All right, and then here it is. What is the hardest repair on a car? Again, there are many aspects to maintaining a car from changing the oil to fixing a flat tire. Okay, that part is true. While it might seem like an infinite number of ways you could tackle that task, Okay, as if that's one fucking task, okay? Because, you know, you can't change your oil until you have a flat tire is what that's implying, but it's not true. In reality, one repair will cause you more trouble than any other, and it says replacing an engine. Well, now, I know a lot of mechanics, and I know me, and I know that replacing an engine is not all that tough. Yeah, it involves uh, a little bit of work, sure, but replacing an engine, you know, typically if you have a modicum of skill and talent, you should be able to replace an engine, I would say, fairly quickly and efficiently and be able to reap, uh, if you're flat rate, you should be able to reap the hours, put it replacing an engine and actually do it in the actual less hours than it calls for, which means that it would be lucrative for you to do. So one repair will cause you more trouble than any other replacing an engine. Not my case, okay? With the brand that I work on, there are dozens of other repairs that would be worse than changing an engine. I, I Just because, well, quite frankly, we've all changed engines in the brand, in the cars from the brand that I work on. I'm sure that you have, unless, of course, you work for Toyota. They seem like they never, they never need engines. And when they do, they're all dumbfounded by the fact that they need an engine. I work right next door to a gentleman who every time a car comes in, regardless of what it needs, uh, quotes an engine <laughs> engine replacement for it. It's, it's kind of a joke, but uh, it, it's really almost not. Uh, what's weird is uh, that a lot of times he's right. Uh, here's, it goes on to say, automotive repairs can be highly complicated, which is just a, a goofy way of saying that. And it's true. Some automotive repairs are complicated, highly complicated. I don't know. I think that complicated by itself is indicates that it's highly 
I mean, uh, if you put it, if you change that word highly to slightly, uh, automotive repairs can be slightly complicated. I don't know. Either, neither one of them really worked that well for me. Anyway, let's move on. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to have to chastise the grammar and the syntax here along with what was actually said. Let me read that again from the beginning and we'll get through to the end of it. Automotive repairs can be highly complicated and even the most skilled mechanic may not have all the answers. Well, absolutely. No skilled mechanic has all the answers. You bring us a car, we have to figure out what the fucking answers are. Uh, so, how difficult is it to replace an engine? Question mark. Well, depending on the make and the model of your car, it could take anywhere. And I'm not making this up, folks. This is what it says. Depending on the make and model of your car, it could take anywhere from half an hour to several days. All right. Let me just rip that one apart real quick. If you have a car that you can change the engine in in half an hour, you're working on golf carts or possibly side-by-sides, and maybe even, and I don't believe even those could be changed in half an hour. It takes half an hour to change a battery sometimes, okay? You're not changing an engine in half an hour. But then, to go on to say several days, well, yeah, okay, it could take several days to change an engine if you have to wait for parts or if you have special tools you need that you don't have when you start the job or you get to a point where something goes wrong, and something else happens, and maybe you have to work on 10 other cars, okay? Several days, I don't really know any mechanics who take several days to change an engine. It should take one, possibly a part of the next day. It's not several, okay? The process doesn't get much less fun as you go along either. Uh, There's so many things wrong with that sentence. I'm just gonna keep going. As the longer it takes, the higher your chances of something going wrong increase significantly. Now, if 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 you wanna read along, That sentence, it starts out saying nothing and goes from saying nothing to saying even less. I'm going to read it again completely, and I want you to just kind of listen to what they're trying to tell us, and you're going to find out what you're going to, the the conclusion you're going to come to is that it's just the biggest fucking line of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. The process, this is talking about changing an engine, okay? The process doesn't get much less fun as you go along either. As the longer it takes, the higher your chances of something going wrong increase significantly. Uh, If you're changing an engine in a car, that engine is what I like to call fucked. And if your engine is fucked, there's really nothing you can do in the process of taking it out that can fuck that engine even more. There's nothing. I mean, you could wreck the tranny, sure, but that transmission is not the engine. And it's not in the engine. It's not. It's just bolted to it. And a lot of times, you and I, we can fucking yank the engine out, leave the tranny behind, not have to fuck with it at all. Just undo the three bolts for the torque converter, undo the six bolts that hold the fucking thing to the engine, and fucking away you fucking go. Undo the fuel line, undo whatever electrical sh- bullshit goes to it, undo the two motor mount bolts, pull the coolant out, all the hoses off, out it comes. Takes a little bit longer than half an hour, but does not fucking take several days. Okay, okay, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on because, folks, this is the idiocy, the, the sheer idiocy of the people who don't do what we do, trying to talk to people who don't do what we do when they don't do what we do, and it's blazingly fucking obvious. Listen, if you need to talk to a mechanic, you certainly can. But I think, and I've, I've come to the conclusion that there's a lot of people out there who think that they're mechanically inclined. And yeah, guess what? Not so much, okay? So if someone asks you your opinion about something and you have the time to fill them in, you'd be doing yourself and all the rest of us a favor by letting them know that 
you know what? It's not as hard as some people make it seem, but it also isn't easy either. Okay, does that make any sense? Not really, because some parts of fixing a car are easy. Some parts of fixing a car are hard. But if you're out there trying to tell everybody that it's really, really, really fucking hard and you can't communicate effectively whatsoever, what you should learn how to do is shut the fuck up, okay, and stop putting out horseshit like this. This thing goes on, okay, and it gets worse, believe it or not. Here's what it continues to say with regards to cost. Finding a reliable auto shop isn't cheap either. Oh, finding a reliable auto shop isn't cheap. Now, I don't know anybody who goes out and looks for an auto shop and has to pay money to find it. The repairs can be expensive, but finding a good, a good reliable auto shop shouldn't, shouldn't cost you a cent. Shouldn't cost you a cent, you know? Ask your friends. Ask people you know. Ask people at work. Ask people you talk to on occasion. Say, hey, where do you get your car fixed? Eh, we get it fixed here. How do you like them? Nah, I don't. Okay. Or I get my car fixed here and they seem to do a pretty good job and they know who I am and they take care of me. Okay, great. But that doesn't cost you money. Finding a reliable auto shop isn't cheap. It should be cheap. It should be fucking free. So let's take a, this is, this is a continuation of the sentence. So let's take a look at some things you should know before embarking on this journey. I believe that one of the things that you should know before embarking on this journey is that a lot of people are going to have opinions and a lot of people are a little thing we like to call fucking wrong. So this article goes on and this, and I'm telling you folks, it literally, it gets better. What is involved in replacing an engine? Folks, I have, to, I have to give a disclaimer. This is absolutely not made up by your Uncle Jimmy. I could not possibly make up something this fucking stupid. Replacing an engine is a complex process that involves the following steps. Eh, complex, yes. To a layperson, yes. To us, no. But here are the here is the complex process that involves the following steps in replacing an engine. Number one, disassembling the engine. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, put the tools down, step back, step away from the car. If you disassemble the engine, you're just, I mean, if your engine is, let's just for shit's sake say that your engine's fucked, it's hammered, it's it's blasted, uh, maybe there's connecting, <laughs> we know there's all kinds of different, there's all kinds of different malfunctions that an engine can have. Uh, you know, you got blown head gasket, you got water in the cylinders, the pistons are frozen, uh, you could have a connecting rod hanging out the side, you could have multiple connecting rods hanging out of the side, uh, you could have an engine that's completely fucking seized. Seen, I've seen all of it, so have you. You do not disassemble that engine to remove it. The only time I ever did that, I did actually have to disassemble an engine to remove it because I couldn't turn the engine over to get the last torque converter bolt out. I couldn't do it. So I ended up actually taking all of the pistons out. I had to drive them out with an air hammer. And I had to do that after I had to take the cylinder head off before I could do that. So I did actually disassemble the engine, but this is not uh, par for the course. It is not standard procedure at all. If you have an engine that's bad, you don't disassemble it. Not in the car, not even out of the car. If it's fucked, leave it alone. What are you going to do with it? You know, I mean, maybe maybe in some cases you might want to do a, a Top Gear thing and take the engine apart and paint it silver and make a t coffee table out of it if it's not too fucking heavy. I kind of got that going on at my apartment. <laughs> Let me move on here because number two is even more ridiculous. It says checking for leaks removing and replacing faulty components. Yes, well, okay, if you're replacing an engine, you've already diagnosed it, your engine's bad, need a new engine, they give you the go-ahead, okay, you're not going to check for leaks. Not necessary. That motor's going bye-bye. Say, Alvita's ain't your Nazi motor. It's, you're not going to need it anymore. 
It's who gives a fuck if it leaks? And then of course, removing and replacing faulty components with an S on the end. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, if you're replacing the engine, the engine is the faulty component and yes, you are removing and you're going to replace that faulty component singular reassembling the engine now uh i'm not sure exactly what they had in mind here are you going to reassemble the old engine well you might need to if the place you get your new engine from uh requests a a assembled core you may have to do that if you've taken it apart uh if you're a trained and you know experienced mechanic you're not going to take a a bum engine apart it's not part of the not part of your job you're not going to get paid for it there's no labor time guide out there that says disassemble and reassemble a faulty engine isn't there's no labor out for that because you should not fucking do it checking for leaks again it says here uh i guess apparently according to these people these protect my car people they check for leaks all the fucking time all the time no matter what's going on okay so you reassemble the engine they didn't say which one whether it's the new one or the old one and then you have to check it for leaks typically pretty tough to check an engine for leaks while it's outside of the vehicle, okay, because all the coolant passages are open to the atmosphere, and so are the uh, exhaust ports, and so are the fuel intakes, and what, what else is there? Oil? Sure. Well, the oil should be sealed up. If you put oil in it and leaks, then you got a problem, okay? So they're they're on with that one right there, okay? And then it says refitting, and then, it's, then it goes on to say refitting all components. So I guess they're talking about the new one, okay? So you have to reassemble the new engine. Uh, whoever disassembled it should probably be beaten. Uh, going a little further on here, it says, and this is the next point. Now, we've already checked for leaks on the old faulty engine. We've checked for leaks on the new uh, engine after we've reassembled it because for some reason we bought it in pieces. I, I, I don't know anybody does that, but uh, well, actually, that's a lie. I've done it once. I got a a car one time, uh, a V8 from my brand, and uh, it had a bent connecting rod, and it damaged the sleeve on piston number four, and it was because the uh, injector had uh, leaked and filled that cylinder up with fuel, and it hydrolocked, but it hydrolocked only enough to just bend the connecting rod, and then it started and ran and had a knock. And the repair for that particular situation was, the parts I received were a brand-new block, eight new pistons, one new connecting rod, have fun. But that does not happen uh, very much at all or if now ever, okay, but it did happen. And this was probably about 15 years ago. So, and I got it all put back together again correctly, uh, checking for leaks the whole way, of course, <laughs> and refitting all components. Yeah, I actually did have to do that. But that's that's not a standard procedure for anybody. That's a, That's not very cost-effective way to repair an engine to repair a car okay mm-hmm. uh it was early on in that vehicle and that engine's life and they didn't have uh engine assemblies to just ship out so apparently that was the fix okay uh the next step on their list here is i'm just going to read it routinely checking for leaks apparently leakage is a big problem uh with the vehicles that this these particular people who wrote this article have apparently everything they got leaks you know their their penis their coffee cup their dishwasher their shower their uh their swimming pool whatever they got it leaks and so they routinely have to check for leaks and they have to tell you also to routinely check for leaks uh and then the uh last item here is wrapping up Okay, never mind all the other shit that really actually does go on. Wrapping up with routine maintenance to ensure everything's running smoothly. So they missed the mark there with what's involved with replacing an engine. I think I could have written that article a lot different, or that particular blurb, as you will, could have written that particular 
section of the content uh, a lot different. Now, but it goes on. Folks, there's more. Stand by, there's more. How does replacing an engine work? Now, I thought you just told us, but apparently you didn't. And here's what it says, and, and this is no kidding. This is the most oxymoron statement I've read in a long time, and, and you, you can either agree or disagree, and I'm just gonna read it for you. Replacing an engine is pretty straightforward, comma, but it can be complicated. Well, dude, which one is it? Is it straightforward or is it fucking complicated? It can't fucking be both. Uh, at the beginning of the procedure, you'll take your car to a mechanic and they will remove the old engine. Okay, so far, so good. Then they'll attach a crane to lift the new engine into place. Now, wait a fucking minute. Didn't they use a crane to remove the old engine? But now they have to tell you they're going to need a crane to put the new engine in. It's just, it's just kind of ridiculous. That, hey, you just take the old engine out. You just wave you wave your magic wand or maybe you, twi- you, you, you twinkle your nose and out it comes. But then you got you to take a crane and attach it to the new engine and slap it in there. Okay. Once it, and this is great too. It, it just, I'm telling you, it just goes on and on. Once it's at its final resting place in your car, You'll have to ensure everything is hooked up correctly and that there are no leaks. Here we go again with the fucking leaks. Make sure there's no fucking leaks. Oh, it's fucking leak and I knew it would. Then you just need to wait for it all to be done and test drive away. Yeah, I I routinely drop engines in and wait for it all to be done. Automatically, maybe? I don't know. AI? uh, Robot? uh, I don't know. Then you just need to wait for it all to be done and test drive away. Folks, as a sentence, it doesn't work for anything at all, ever. You just wait for it all to be done. No, you have to con- <laughs> You have to connect everything, and then you have to put the fluids in it, and, of course, you have to wait for it. Check for leaks again! Okay, and then it just goes on to say, so how difficult is it? Well, it's a hell of a lot more difficult than you make it sound, uh, but since you're semi-illiterate and trying to tell us how to do something that requires a a higher level of literacy than you have. Uh, Here's what it goes on to say. Let's say we're talking about replacing an engine on a Honda Accord V6, which would cost around $7,000, not counting labor, it says in parentheses. Here's the part where I bristled, really, and I wanted to bring this to you. Uh, Let's also say that this particular part needs five hours of labor from start to finish. Now, I don't know what the labor time is on replacing an engine in a Honda Accord V6. I don't know, but I'm thinking it's probably a little bit more than five hours, probably closer to 10. Okay, but uh, I, I could be I could be completely wrong. Okay, I could be completely wrong. I just five hours seems a little light for me. Uh, it seems like to me that if you're a Honda dealer and you're a flat rate tech and somebody goes, hey, you want to change an engine in an Accord? What's it pay? Five hours. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I got tires to do. You know, I got to clean the bathroom. I'll do anything except that because it's not going to take five hours. Probably some of you guys out there could could bang a V6 into a Honda Accord in five hours. But if it only paid five hours, you wouldn't fucking do it, would you? No, you wouldn't do it. So with our hypothetical Honda Accord V6 replacement cost at $7,000 and five hours of labor time needed for completion, that comes out to be about $385 an hour. I, I There's some... There's some key figures missing there. Some key. I'm not sure what what they're talking about here. There's. It's like a a math equation with X in it. Because what is X? I don't know even from this sentence what the missing figure is. What the missing uh, sum is. Okay. $385 an hour. How are you figuring that out? I don't know. As if they haven't bludgeoned us, bludgeoned our brains to to smithereens with the stupidity of the last uh, points. They have more points. The differences between a new and a used engine. This is this is some of the most ridiculous shit I read 
right here. First, let's talk about your options for an engine replacement. You can buy a new engine or you can buy a used engine. Yes, a new engine is the most expensive option. Not always. It's, it seems ridiculous, but it's not always. It will also require some repair or replacement after installation. Oh, what? Okay, if I have a brand new engine and I shove it in your car, there should be no repair or replacement after installation of anything, really. I mean, yeah, we might recommend you get a new water pump. That just sounds smart. And if it's a new engine, it probably fucking came with one. If your starter doesn't fucking work, well, it probably didn't come with one of those. And yeah, maybe you should get one of them. But it's not going to be required if there's nothing fucking wrong with it. It goes on to say you should only pursue this option if you want to avoid any complications during engine installation. You should only pursue this option if you want to avoid any complications during engine installation. Uh, well, the difference, boys and girls, you know as well as I do, the difference between a new and a used engine typically is just that when you get a used engine, you've got some monkey at the uh, junkyard who has cut everything with a pair of side cutters and a razor blade. So you're going to get half of the half. <laughs> you're you're going to get half of the radiator hose for the upper radiator and half of the lower radiator hose because he cut it with his Bowie knife. And you're going to get some of the wiring. But at, at one point where it all seems to come together, there's going to be a great big snip in it. So and 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 any components that are really honestly attached to that engine that have a value of some sort sold separately, such as the alternator, the AC compressor, the starter, or maybe a power steering pump of some sort, or maybe even, I don't know what else, what else they can bolt to it. Uh, but they're going to remove all that shit and probably in the most haphazard fashion possible, they may even smash it off of your <laughs> used engine with a hammer. And if you laugh, I've, I've seen it done before. I've seen it done before where they, they, they wanted the alternator and they smashed the bracket that holds the alternator and I had to remove the stub of what was left of it. Okay. So that's ridiculous. Uh, but, but otherwise, if you get a used engine, you're probably going to strip it down and use all of the accessories and the brackets that you have, unless of course they're effed up. So does it matter? No, it doesn't fucking matter. Really a used engine. I mean, unless it's got 190,000 miles on it, it's probably pretty viable. I mean, a lot of times what you can do is request the VIN number for the car it came from and look up the Carfax maybe and see if the owner ever changed the fucking oil. I was just recently looking at a vehicle that was for sale at a dealership in the town I'm in that I was semi-interested in. And when I looked it up on Carfax, I found absolutely no record of it ever having its oil changed. And it had 35,000 miles on it. I said, yeah, I'm not going to be buying that car. I gotta have a record of maintenance of some sort, okay? A new engine is the most expensive option. It will also require some repair or replacement after installation. I already said that. You should only pursue this option if you want to avoid any complications during engine installation. Listen, uh, having a new engine or a used engine, you're probably not gonna be able to avoid complications, especially if you've never fucking done it before. If you're a trained and experienced mechanic, Changing an engine should be a walk in the park. Probably takes a longer than probably takes a little longer than half an hour, and it obviously, in my opinion, should always pay more than five hours. A used engine is typically much cheaper and may be less complicated to replace as it has already been installed in a vehicle. Uh, no, uh, as far as being complicated to replace because it's already been installed in a vehicle, yeah, maybe 
Some of the brackets are still on it and can be reused in the vehicle you're installing it. Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure I would trust brackets, engine mounting brackets and other assorted things from a used engine if I have perfectly good ones on the engine I'm replacing. Does any of that make it less complicated? No. No, the, 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 the skill necessary to change an engine is really the same regardless of whether the engine is used or new. Okay, the skill necessary is the same. On the flip side, you will need to spend more time fixing anything that went wrong with it from previous owners and may have been damaged during installation. Well, okay, I <laughs> uh, that's actually pretty valid. Uh, if sometimes you get an engine and, and it's a good engine, but something that's on it needs to get taken fucking off and replaced because, you know, people... People handle those things, and uh, lots of times they move them around with forklifts, and we all know how uh, destructive a forklift can be. And uh, sometimes they get into a vehicle, they get transported over to your shop, and they roll over and snap off who knows what, the EGR valve or an oil fill tube or an exhaust manifold or whatever. Whatever's on that engine can get damaged really, really easy, okay? So that's kind of a valid point, although I don't think that they... Uh, they actually considered that uh, as far as damage during installation. You know, if you got any kind of skill at all, you boys have this, and, and ladies too, I, I should add, but you all have the skill to do the job without damaging the fucking thing. You have the parts, you have the tools, you have the skill, the time, the lights, the energy, whatever it is, you, you've got it. You've, you've done the job before. It's like, whatever. Uh, and breaking, if, 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 in transit, stuff on a used engine gets broken. This can lead to additional costs for parts and labors. Absolutely. You should only consider purchasing a used engine if you are sure that everything else is in good shape and that it doesn't have any significant issues. Yes, Uncle Jimmy would agree with that. Uh, a lot of times we would get engines in at one shop I worked at. We got a lot of used engines in and we would look them over pretty good. And we, we found problems with a lot of these engines and made the company take them back and give us something different. I'm pretty sure that they were not happy with us, but I don't give a fuck because if I don't have to change an engine twice, that makes me happy. Okay, the lunacy continues here. Cost involved in a new engine. There are a lot of factors involved when it comes to replacing an engine from the make and the model of your car to how long the engine has been broken. Really? Uh, okay. Well, there is a lot of factors when it comes to replacing an engine that have to do with the make of the model. But uh, how long the engine has been broken? That doesn't really fucking matter. Because I bought cars. I have purchased cars in the past where they have thrown multiple connecting rods a couple of years ago. Well, they didn't get worse because they didn't run. So what difference does it make how long it's been fucking broken? Seriously, okay? I talked about uh, digging a T-34 tank out of the mud in Russia. Obviously, it stopped running at that particular point, and now the mud and the water has destroyed the uh, the engine block, and the pistons are welded com and seized completely to the uh, engine. So, yeah, okay, there's a factor there. But uh, as far as it being broken, it's not going to get more broken. It's just going to seize up, and some of the parts are not going to be usable. And if you're changing the engine... And guess what? You don't give a fuck. Uh, there are some costs that you can always expect to see. Labor. Labor, this is the most apparent expense. But be careful not to overpay for labor. Be careful not to overpay for labor. Uh, and this, is, of course, is an aftermarket warranty company. They're not going to overpay for labor because what they're going to do is when they quote labor for a job, let's say you go in and you're going to replace that Honda Accord V6 engine and your labor time guide from Honda themselves says that it should take 10.2 hours. 
you can bet your ass that the protect the car people who have the warranty on that and are going to have to pay the bill are going to find some outdated Ukrainian labor time guide from uh, all data where it says it only takes half a fucking hour. That's what they fucking do. And let me tell you something. I believe, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of serious about this because this really irritates the fucking piss out of me. And I need to, I need to actually stop talking about it on this podcast and fucking try to do something about it. But one of the major problems that I see is that when people buy these aftermarket warranties, they pay what's called a premium. But holy shit, if they need to make a claim, Oh my God, these people who they have given their money to are absolutely holding on to it with a death grip and will not fucking pay for premium parts. They will not pay for premium labor and they will not pay the labor rate that they're fucking supposed to. They always come in and go, oh, well, this labor time guide that we use only says you get nine hours when the job is supposed to pay 14 or 15. And you could say to the customer, say, well, you know, they're not, they're not paying uh, as they're not going to pay for the, uh, the cost of repair. And then usually the insurance company tries to talk them into taking it somewhere where they won't charge them as much as we do, which by the way, just in case you didn't know, is illegal. They can't do that. They cannot dictate to the customer. Any collision shop in the world has this sign right on the fucking wall. Okay. It says the insurance company cannot dictate to a customer where to have their car fixed, but they can dictate how much they'll pay, which is a problem. It's a big fucking problem because when you ask an, an aftermarket warranty company to pay for a repair for your car, they don't want to. They don't want to. You've been paying them all along and they're happier than pigs and shit and they're, they're moving higher up on the Forbes 500 list and, and then all of a sudden you call them and say, hey, I need an engine. And they're like, fuck, fuck. Okay, well, we found a labor time guy that says it takes half an hour. Well, the shop that I took it to says it's going to be 14 hours. Well, we're only going to pay half an hour. And I'm telling you, folks, there's got to be some sort of recourse. There's got to be some sort of recourse because not only, and this is what ends up happening, is that, that the owner of the shop or the dealership or the auto group or whoever is in charge is going to take a big fucking hit fixing this fucking person's car. And you know who's going to take a big hit along with them? Yeah, that's right. You and me. And I'll tell you, if this, somebody said to me, said, hey, we need you to change the engine in this car in half an hour, I'd say, yeah. Well, you and that insurance company can all go fuck yourself in half an hour, okay? So get started. Get cracking. No, I'm, I'm serious when I tell you that uh, uh, we, we need to have some sort of legislation that says, look, you can't, just, you can't just make up a number out of some labor time guide somewhere where they're just fucking making up a number. I think that they should use the factory, uh, the factory warranty, warranty guide and then it should be marked up a reasonable amount it should be marked up it should be 1.1 1.2 you should not lose money as a technician fixing a car just because it has an extended warranty and these extended warranty people what they'll do the other thing they do that pisses me off to no fucking end is they send adjusters out oh we need to see the problem we need to take a picture of the problem well the problem is that the fucking sun shell has got is burnt and won't go in reverse anymore. And I'm not taking the transmission apart so you can take a fucking picture of it, asshole. And this is the thing that bugs me. Uh, and and I've, I've said this before, but I want to kind of throw this out there real quick and then we'll move on. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of insurance adjusters that get sent out to us by these aftermarket warranty companies, they used to be technicians. And they'll be the first ones to tell you, oh, I used to be a technician. I go, oh, that's great. Well, you're not a technician anymore. You're the, you're, you have fucking crossed over to the dark side. You are now part of the evil fucking empire. So you are going to get treated like shit. I might be nice to you, 
But if I have the opportunity, I will fucking kick you right in the fucking balls. I know you're going to go, oh, 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 you know, and it's in your hands as to whether or not that company is actually going to cover that repair. And that sucks. And a lot of times, if I get fucking shitty with you, you go, oh, well, it's not me. It's the company I work for. I go, well, yeah, but the company you work for is not here. You are the representative of the company right here, right now. So I'm going to give you shit, okay? Fuck face. You know, if you if you decide to retire from being a technician and you decide you're going to be an insurance adjuster of some sort and go around and, and look at cars that are all fucked up, first off, the first thing you have to remember is that you're making this guy diagnose the car a second fucking time. Nobody, nobody is going to be happy about that. Nobody, especially me. I don't want to have to diagnose cars twice just so you can take a picture of the failure. And it may even be something you can't fucking take a picture of. And you think I should be nice to you. And I am nice to you a lot of times. But I don't want to be. I want to tell you to fucking kiss my ass and just fucking leave me a blank check, you fucking dick. But no, and this is the thing that insurance companies do when they don't want to pay, is they send an adjuster out and he turns into a Bond villain, Dr. No. Oh, we're not paying for that. Oh, it got broken because of this. Oh, you're no fucking expert. You know, this isn't a fucking 49 Hudson, goddammit. I don't care how long you've been retired from being a mechanic. Fuck you. I'm telling you what's wrong with a fucking car. You don't want to pay for it? Then you tell the customer that you don't want to pay for it because you were a bunch of fucking assholes. Seriously, folks, if I could become a senator and introduce a bill that says, listen, you have you can't fucking do that. You can't come in and make them diagnose the car a second time and not pay them. And you can't tell a customer where to take the fucking car if you don't like the fucking labor time. And you can't come up with a labor time out of thin fucking air or some fucking antique Dead Dead Sea Scrolls fucking labor time guide from fucking 14 BC. That's it. That's my rant for the week. God damn it. I rich fucking really hate insurance companies. Really, really, really fucking hate them. You pay them. We all pay them. We all have to have insurance on our shit. And we pay them a premium, but then when it comes time for them to pay for something that got fucked up that they're covering, they try to fucking weasel out and buy you the cheapest fucking thing, you know? Do I want Chinese fenders on my American-made truck? No, I fucking do not. I want the fucking same parts that were on it when it was built brand new. I don't give a fuck how old it is. All right, I'm sorry. I told you the rant was over. Here we go. All right, moving on. Uh, (laughs) Sorry about that. Got to got to give you a little bit of fucking uh, a little bit of heat, a little bit of energy, right? Okay. Uh, Costs involved in a new engine. There are a lot of factors when it comes uh, when it comes to an engine uh, from the make of the model to how long the how long the engine has been broken. Really, we don't give a fuck how long the engine's been broken. You know, if you got a T thirty four tank from a Russian lake, that engine's been broken since just before the end of World War II. It's still going to be broken a hundred years from now if you don't fucking fix it. Okay. Uh, here are some costs that you can always expect to see labor. This is the most apparent expense, but be careful not to overpay for labor, especially if you're an aftermarket insurance company. That's how this all got started, as this can lead to other problems later down the line. Yeah, Uh, other problems such as being broke and possibly homeless. (laughs) Hey, if you blow up the engine in your car, okay, you blow it up because you didn't change the oil or you put shitty gas in it or or you fucking hit something and it knocked the drain plug out or maybe even the fucking oil pan off of it, then you may have problems later on down the line. Yeah, sure. You learn how to fucking drive. Keep it between the ditches, dumbass. <laughs> parts. Parts is one of the, the cost of parts will vary depending on your engine and what needs replacing. Huh, no kidding. 
Yeah, a water pump for a small black Chevy is like $20, $30. And a water pump for like a fucking Rolls Royce with a V8 engine is going to probably be triple, quadruple, maybe even fucking octuple. I don't know if that's a word. For example, if your car is a 2002 Toyota Camry hybrid and you have a broken catalytic converter, see now, there, there's another another example of someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. A broken catalytic converter? Well, yes, you could probably break a catalytic converter. You could probably break it. But is that what's happening? No, it's not what's happening. It's plugged up, probably. Or perhaps the honeycomb did break, okay? But that's really rare. And it says here that the catalytic converter alone will cost two to $300. I can tell you right now that that ain't right. Catalytic converters are fucking seriously expensive because they're made out of precious metals, rare earth metals. They're not cheap, $200, $300. Try calling a fucking Toyota dealer before you fucking make a statement like that. You'll also need new spark plugs, spark plug wires, in lots of cases, no, and any other necessary bolts or gaskets. Yeah, you'll need you'll need to put the thing together correctly. Yeah. I would expect that. The total cost can vary significantly depending on your vehicle and how complicated your repairs were. So be sure to do your research before making any purchases. Um, I don't know about you guys, but if I got to replace an engine in, in any of the cars that I work on, my estimate will be complete, or at least it should be. And I may pack in an extra $50 there for incidental stuff that might either not be included with the engine or that I may need if it's broken or such. But if I give you an estimate, I'm probably going to stick right to it. So this whole thing about costs, you should get the cost up front. Hey, I want to put a new engine in my car. How much is it going to cost? Boom. They'll figure out the labor. They'll figure out the fucking cost of the engine. They'll figure out the cost of the incidentals. They'll give you an estimate. And if you have a shop that doesn't stick to that price, tell them to eat shit. You gave me an estimate, honor the estimate. After Here's where it gets, folks, believe it or not, it gets even dumber. Okay. And I hate to go on like this, but I just want to kind of try to relay to you the stupidity of what's going on out there. People who are not mechanics, they're really, really, really fucking dumb. Aftermarket engines versus OEM. Engine, engines, replacing an engine is not a task for the faint of heart. I agree with that. Engines are complex machines that require a lot of attention and maintenance to stay in good working order. Eh, not so much. They're complex. Eh, I don't know. Would you think an engine is complex? You, know, you got pistons and connecting rods and a crank and, and a head and valves and injectors. None of, none of that shit's complex to me. It's been the same for a long time. It's like, seriously, it's not complex. Require a lot of attention and maintenance to stay in good working order? Pfft. Well, that's actually proven to be not so much true lately. I'd say within the last 30, 40 years, some of these things are absolutely unbelievable. And, and if you even if you don't do the maintenance, they still seem to work fine. Ask anybody who ever had to blow up an engine for the whole uh, cash for clunkers thing that went on in 2008. They'll tell you, we had some cars that we drained the oil right out of completely, and they just kept running. Some of them blew up right away, but a good chunk of them just kept fucking going. Uh, continuing on here, however, replacing an aftermarket engine with OEM engines is easier. Not sure where they got that sentence from. Uh, replacing an aftermarket engine with OEM engines is easier. I'm not sure how many of you have had a car come in with an aftermarket engine in it and then replaced it with an OEM engine. But apparently it's easier. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. Never did that. I've never done that. Aftermarket engines are installed by professional mechanics, not factory technicians. Yep. That's what it says. Aftermarket engines are installed by professional mechanics, 
comma, not factory technicians. So you don't have to worry about faulty installation or quality control. Okay, so if you have a factory technician, you have to worry like a little girl about the uh, installation or the quality control. This sentence is just idiotic. Aftermarket engines are installed by... It almost sounds like an ASC question, really. Uh, Technician A says that that's bullshit. Technician B says that's bullshit. Technician C says that that's that's the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever seen and or heard. And answer D is all three are correct. And guess what? The answer is D. All three are correct. That doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Professional mechanics, not factory technicians. Uh, I am... What I like to say is I am a factory-trained professional technician oh i fit both of those categories so does that mean you have to worry about a faulty installation or the quality control or you don't have to worry about it Mm, i don't know we'd have to get in the mind of the stupid fucking moron who wrote that and although i am a moron i'm not the guy who wrote that it also means you have more control over your car's performance as these engines have upgraded parts that can make your vehicle handle better than ever all right i think what they're talking about here and i'm i'm i mean you have to kind of fill in the blanks because there's a lot of them uh aftermarket engines might be something like uh you might get from summit or from even from uh you know like a machine shop they have you know a certain machine shops will rebuild an engine and have it around and sell it to you as a complete assembly and they may or may not have upgraded parts in them they may or may not they may have been rebuilt with the cheapest fucking parts they could find you're never going to know and they may have rebuilt it with the cheapest parts they could find and it would be fine or they may have rebuilt it with upgraded parts and it's not fine it's just it all depends on the care and the uh and the skill and the expertise onto which they built it. Aftermarket engines are installed by professional mechanics. Uh, I think what they're trying to say is that an aftermarket engine is always installed by somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing and not just slammed into the vehicle in the factory by the factory assembly people and assuming that they're bad at what they do, even though they do it probably, you know, 100, 200, maybe even 300 times a day, depending on how fast the assembly line moves. I would think the factory technician would be fucking hands hands down faster and better than a professional mechanic because, well, I mean, if you're doing it in a controlled environment like a factory technician would, certainly would have everything you need right fucking there. And the quality control, it would have to be good because if you, if you fucked up putting engines into a, a vehicle at the factory, about three or four of them would get through. They'd figure out where the fucking concern was. They'd come over, they'd watch you do it, see you do it wrong, and then show you the exit. So uh, I wouldn't say that that was a true statement whatsoever. As far as your car's performance, sometimes uh, an aftermarket engine is not installed to be an upgrade over the original engine. It's just maybe it's made to be heavier duty. So the car's performance is is more heavy duty. Uh, Maybe you're going to get more performance. Maybe you're going to get a better running engine. Maybe you're going to get one that has some of the uh, engineering uh, faults or concerns corrected. Who knows? Who knows? As these engines have upgraded parts that can make your vehicle handle. Handle. Yes, an engine makes a car handle better than ever. No, it doesn't. If you have an engine and you put another engine in it, your car is going to handle probably pretty much the fucking same. How long does it take to replace an engine? This is the. This is really the last part of it, okay? I, I apologize for taking this piece of content from the internet and bashing you over the head with it. But I, I feel like it's important for you to know that this is what's going on out there. This is the kind of shit that people who don't know anything read and then take to heart and go, oh, 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 is all this true? 
And then you go, it must be. It's on the internet, right? No, I'm sorry. This is, this is some horrible shit. This is some really, really horrible, idiotic, moronic shit with very, barely a grain of truth to it. Here's, here's the last part. How long does it take to replace an engine? The process of replacing an engine can take quite a bit of time depending on your car's make and model. There's a grain of truth there. Yes, obviously, some cars are easier to change an engine in than others. If you're not careful, it could be weeks or even months before you get your new engine in there. Uh, I've changed a ton of engines, a real lot of engines, a lot. It's never taken me a, even a whole week, and certainly not weeks, plural, or months. Now, I have cars in my garage that I've been trying to restore, and I have installed the engine in some of those cars, but the rest of the car is not ready to go. So, And they've been like that for years, but the engine was pretty much installed in just a, a, a couple, two, three hours. And I haven't fired them up and gotten them running yet because the rest of the vehicle is still in prep for paint. And I am not going to reassemble all this. I'm not going to assemble all this stuff and get the motor running and then disassemble it so I can take the body parts and paint them. I'm not going to do that. If you're careful, if you're not careful, it could be weeks or even months before you get your new engine in there. Let me tell you, let me tell you why somebody might write that. I have this situation going on right now. And I have, when I say this, this is a current situation that I have going on with not one, but two specific vehicles, two specific repair orders. I have diagnosed two separate vehicles that need engines replaced, two of them. One of them was written, one of the ROs, one of the repair orders was written on March 30th. It's now the middle of July. And nobody wants to pay for this. Nobody wants to call anybody. Nobody wants to light a fire under anybody's ass. They're just content to just let this thing continue into infinity with nobody giving anybody any answer about who's going to pay, why they're going to pay, why they're not going to pay, what should happen next. Nothing. And then I have another one that was written at the beginning of May. Same thing. That car's engine is pretty much toast. I have recommended an engine replacement because it has several different defects and it barely runs and it is going to stop running very soon and nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck about either one of these cars except me and even I don't give a fuck because they need engines. I'm probably not going to get to do them because the service advisors on those two particular ROs don't give a shit. They do whatever the fuck they want to do. They don't, they don't care. They're not going to call the customer. They're not going to stir up trouble. They're not going to call an insurance company and say, you got to fucking replace this engine. They're not going to do any of that work. They're not going to do any of the fucking lead work necessary to get a fucking yay or a nay on whether or not we're going to fix these fucking cars. That's why the process may take weeks or months because it can take months if you got a service advisor who has his head wedged firmly up his ass, okay? And that's not me. That's not the technician. Both of the, I could do both of those cars, put new engines in both of them in a week, in one week. Get them both, get them both disassembled, get them both reassembled, get them both fired up and driven in a week. It will probably take me two days on one and the other one might take three just because it's a little bit different. That's all. But I could get it done. I could easily get it done. Just like I know you guys could. Be careful. It could be weeks or even months before you get your new engine in there. Yeah, it could be weeks or months before you get somebody to give you some kind of fucking answer as to whether or not they're going to fucking pay for it. Both of them have aftermarket warranty companies that don't want to know nothing about it and they're not going to they're not going to push for an answer they're not going to fucking rattle any anybody's cages and pretty soon i'm going to go in and rattle their cage at the top of the food chain and it is not going to be pretty 
it is not going to be pretty at all. There are a few things to consider when trying to determine how long it will take for you to replace a motor. Okay, well, a motor is an electric motor. An engine is a gas-powered engine. Uh, we are talking about engines here. Uh, some of our cars have motors in them. They're electric. Eh, they don't usually fuck up. Number one, where is your car currently? Yeah, well, you know, if your car's in a Russian lake, obviously I can't fix it there. Gonna have to tow it in. Number two, what type of car do you have? That's right. I work on one brand of cars. You bring me something from somebody else, guess what? We're gonna push it out the door and say, take it down the fucking street, asshole. Number three, how much experience do you have with automotive repairs? Now, what are we talking about? Uh, A guy who wants to uh, change his own engine? Well, you should probably have a modicum of skills. You should have a mechanical aptitude and you should have manual dexterity. And I have found in my experience that very few people have any of all of it, even even just a little bit of all of it. You know, and, and maybe you don't know, maybe you don't know this, but if you're a mechanic and you're a successful mechanic who does good work, it gets the job done and makes a living at this, you have, you have really seriously in your hands, you, you possess the manual dexterity and the mechanical aptitude to fix really literally anything. You're almost you're almost wasting your time fixing cars. I mean, sure, it's a great it can be a great and it can be a lucrative uh, occupation. But you have trained your fingers to do things, you've trained your hands and your fingers and your thumb to do things that your brain says you have to do to fix things. And this is not something that anybody else is really any good at. I'd say probably if we had to take the entire 7 billion people on this planet and sort them out by people who can do this job and people who can't do this job, that the people who can do this job, that would be a really small percentage of the human beings on this planet. And you know what? Amongst those people who do have the mechanical aptitude and the uh, manual dexterity, you know, the uh, the fingers to do what they do, there's some of you out there who are fucking brilliant with the things you can do with your hands. And then there's the rest like me who are like, eh, so-so at it. <laughs> really? And and you know what else goes along with that too? And, and it's absolutely 1,000% necessary is having a mechanical mind, seeing something, looking at it, seeing how it works, figuring out how it works. And then when it stops working, going, oh, hey, that's got to be like this instead of that. Can you do that? Can a lot of people do that? No, a lot of people cannot fucking do that. So when they say, how much experience do you have with automotive repairs? If they're talking about your average fucking DIYer, I would not recommend a DIYer put his own fucking uh, engine in. Certainly wouldn't do that at all because there's a lot of little subtle nuances sometimes. And yeah, that's why that's why it's so expensive. You know, you want it done right? Okay, so you go to the pros. Do the pros cheap? No. You know the old saying, it's a fucking total cliche, but it's fucking true. Cheap work ain't good. Good work ain't cheap. End of sentence. Boom. Want good work? Ain't cheap. Bring your fucking wallet. Bring your checkbook. Bring your visa card. Number four, what kind of budget are you working with? Well, there's a fucking problem right there. But if you get an estimate, if you get an estimate, you should know. And a lot of times, I just want to give you a little tidbit here. A lot of times when I'm looking at a car, I do a video or whatever, and I see something that's getting towards the end of its life. Just lay the tires, the brakes. These are typically things that I look at. And I'll see that they're still good, but they're getting really low. They don't need to be replaced immediately, but they're going to need to be replaced soon. Okay, great. So what I tell them is, hey, brakes are good. You're going to be good with them for a little while longer, but you're going to need to replace them probably within about the next eh, five to 10,000 miles. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot you an estimate for replacing the brakes now so you'll know what it's going to run you 
when that light comes on that says you need brakes or when you look at the tires and you realize that they are completely finished, you'll know what you're up against and you could possibly save up the money to get it done. Holy fuck, what a fucking concept. You think that's bullshit and maybe some other people will think it's bullshit, but it's not. If you say, oh, you know, you got an oil pan leak and it's going to be 14 hours to get it fixed and at, you know, 250 bucks an hour, it's, you know, what is that fucking uh, $2,800 and plus, plus five times 14, whatever that is, it's another $700. So you're looking at about $3,500 in labor at that labor rate. But hey, if you start leaking oil like a sieve and you can't even keep oil in the oil pan, you know you need the gasket and they already told you how much it was, it's not gonna be such a fucking shock. You bring it back to the shop, you say, yeah, I need the oil pan done. They say, you know, it's expensive. Go, yeah, I found that out last time I was here. I think that that's a very good thing. And I think perhaps maybe, uh, honestly, uh, if you do videos and you talk to your customers through a video, you should let them know when they need something just or when they're going to need something. You tell them, say, hey, I'm going to send you an estimate for getting this replaced. When the time comes, the cost will not be a shock. How about that shit, huh? That's your Uncle Jimmy using his fucking head, wouldn't you think? What kind of budget are you working with? Yeah. Uh, getting the best materials and machinery is vital if you work with a high budget. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Getting the best materials and machinery is vital. And there should have been a period there. You always want to use the best uh, equipment, the best materials, the best parts, if you're going to change an engine, if you cheap out, you're going to find yourself having to replace whatever it is you cheaped out on again. Unless, of course, you trade it right in and get rid of it. People do that a lot. You'd be surprised. It is vital if you work with a high budget. I don't know what they mean there uh, if you work with a high budget. Usually you get an estimate. The parts, if in my particular shop, and maybe your shop's not like this, and, then, and I can understand if it's not, because... I work at a shop where we have a luxury German brand and the parts are fucking outrageously expensive. And so when you get an estimate for something from us and they list OEM parts in there, I'm telling you, you may need some fucking smelling salts for some of that stuff. It's outrageous how expensive it is to me. And I've been there going on 20 plus years now. It's ridiculous. So you have to have, you have, to have a good uh, estimate to work with. Okay, if you have to, you have to have a good idea of what it's going to cost. Should be pretty well set in stone. If they need something else and they didn't count on it, they may call you up, or you may just say, uh, "Well, you know, I'm already spending X amount of dollars. Can you can you eat that for me?" And some places will do that. Some places will not. Uh, it goes on to say, however, this will be more difficult for you if you're on a low budget or don't have the necessary equipment. Uh, I don't know what they mean by necessary equipment. If you're going to take an engine out, typically you'll need either uh, one of those lift tables that sucks the engine out from underneath the car, or you'll need an engine crane to pull it out through the hood or wherever it lives. Some cars, the engines are not really very accessible at all. I can remember doing an engine in a... Uh, Pontiac Firebird. Uh, it was a real close to being a mid-engine sort of arrangement, and it was not, absolutely not going to come out through the top. So we jacked the car up with the engine crane and left the engine sitting on the fucking ground. Uh, you have to improvise and adapt and overcome sometimes when you're an automotive technician. Uh, here's what it goes on to say, and this is the very last thing they wrote here, and it doesn't wrap this up at all very well at all. Knowing what type of vehicle better suits your needs is essential before diving into something like this. Oh, I'm sorry. I I read that out of order. Can you just cut that out, Eric? And we'll start over again here. However, it is more difficult for you if you're on a low budget or you don't have the necessary equipment. Um, if you're a professional mechanic, you should have the necessary equipment. Um, if you're working with an older car that isn't worth investing in, this might not be worth your time. Absolutely. A lot of times I see cars 
that have engine trouble and the car is used up 100 150,000 miles uh, the tires are shot the brakes are shot the transmission barely works the windshield's broken it's smashed up lights are fucking not working seat belts are effed up the interior of the car has been used as a dumpster and it needs an engine what it really needs is to find its spot in a pick and pull somewhere so that whatever is of any good on it can get ripped off by somebody with a hacksaw. Knowing what type of vehicle better suits your needs is essential before diving into something like this. Um, yeah, you don't, typically don't see cars on the road anymore that are much older than 20 years old. And, and you know this, you and I know this. Now they say the average age of the car on the road these days is 12 and a half years. That's because they've been built a lot better over the course of the last 20 or so plus years. And I'm ruining that average by driving a, I have a 20 year old car. Uh, wait a minute. No, it's not even 20. It's 22. Okay. So it's graduated from college this year, has 200,000 miles on it. And I plan on getting at least 300 out of it, if not four or 500 out of it. There's nothing wrong with it. And it still runs awesome. And if I told you what kind it was, you just go, holy fuck, are you kidding me? <laughs> but if that car needed an engine and I was not a mechanic, I would probably send that thing to the scrapyard. But since I'm a mechanic and I also happen to have a spare engine laying around for it, by the way, I would continue to fix it. I would continue to run that car. It's been nothing but good to me. I didn't pay that much for it when it was new. I didn't buy it new, but I didn't pay that much for it when I got it. And then I actually sold it and then bought it back. So I can't complain about that car at all. Here's the thing. And I want to put this out there. One of the advantages that you and I have as auto mechanics and really, if you're a mechanic of any kind, you have the same advantage that we have. You don't necessarily have to spend money on a new car. You don't. You can. If you're if you're uh, highly sought after and you're very skilled and experienced and all that, you may now be making a very excellent wage where you could afford to buy a new car. And I would hope that that's true. Because as I've said before, there's an excruciating need for mechanics out there. And the ones of us that have been out there and have been doing the job and are just you know, really the ultimate in skill and experience, we should be making an extraordinary wage. And I think a lot of you are. And if you're not, well, it's not called greasy wheels for nothing, boys and girls. But here's the thing, okay? You can afford to buy a new car. You can afford to make the payments and still live a very nice lifestyle, even if you have a wife and kids. But do you have to? No. You could go out and find a car for three, four, five hundred $500, drag it home, maybe swap the engine out, right? Maybe swap a tranny out. Maybe just put some tires on it, for Christ's sakes. Who knows? And drive that thing. And drive that thing for 15 fucking years like your Uncle Jimmy is. You know? That car owes me nothing. That one particular car I was telling you about owes me nothing. When it breaks, I fix it. And I drive it all over Hell's Half Acre. And that's one of the perks of being a mechanic that you just can't, you know, you can't even qualify it, you know? You got something wrong with your car. You don't have to pay money. You just fix it yourself. And if you're any good at it, you could save yourself a shit house of money. Because here's what happens with people who don't have the skills that we have. It's exactly the same for lawyers and doctors. It really is, okay? You meet people who are lawyers and you go and they tell you that they're a lawyer. The next thing they that they think you're going to say is, oh my God, I have to ask you this. And it might be about, some, can I sue this guy? Can I sue that guy? And they don't want to hear that shit. They don't want to hear that shit at all. They're not fucking working typically when you meet them like that. If they were at work, you'd be paying the three or $400 an hour to retain them, okay? But if you meet, meet up with them in a bar and you meet them and you're talking to them and you find out they're a lawyer, they're not at work. 
So shut the fuck up about who you want to sue and why. Same with a doctor. Don't go, don't go to a, a bar or a pub or any kind of public function and meet somebody who's a doctor and start fucking pulling your pants down and say, hey, what's wrong with this lump on the side of my dick? He's going to say, I'm not at fucking work, asshole. <laughs> the same thing goes for mechanics. You know as well as I do that sometimes you don't want to tell people you're a mechanic because they're going to say, hey, can you take a look at my car? And you're going to have to say, fuck no, I need money first. <laughs> All right. You know what? I've gone on long enough. I wanted to kind of make a short one this week. Uh, let me see how I did. Yeah, not too short. Okay. Uh, Eric's got to edit it up, so hopefully it'll be shorter than what really happened. Keep this in mind if you're a technician of really any kind, okay, no matter what you do. You have to do good work because people are paying you to do good work. You absolutely owe them, okay? If you shortchange the job, you don't do the job the way you should, or you take shortcuts that you shouldn't, then you really aren't earning your pay. And when all of us do that, and at some point in time, it's going to happen to all of us, where you get away with something that you shouldn't have done, or or something happened and you didn't take care of it, or you just honestly didn't do something you should have done maintenance-wise or something like that, and somebody finds out about it, that's, that's the reason that they run us down and say that we are ripping them off, that we're overpaid, or that we're just... We're liars and cheaters and we're trying to rip people off. That's, that's where that comes from. Give people what they deserve. Give people what they paid for. Earn the money. That's all you got to do. There's plenty, plenty, plenty of work out there. Plenty of good, honest, hard work out there to do that you will get paid for. And if you keep at it in the atmosphere, in the occupational atmosphere that we have right now, if you keep at it, your wages will go up because of the laws of supply and demand of finally catching up with these fucking people who have been fucking us in the ass for so long. The laws of supply and demand will catch up with them and they will need to pay the people who work for them because nobody else wants to. Nobody else is willing to. Nobody else is skilled enough to. They're going to need to keep you. They're going to need to pay you. They're going to need to fucking pay you. Make sure that you do what you need to do to earn it. That's all you have to do. Believe me, the, the, the opportunity to earn a lot of money is out there everywhere you go. If you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a shop to work in, and even if you're looking to go out on your own, it's out there. It's out there. There's billions of cars. I know I have to drive by them every day to get to work. I swear to God. They're out there. They're broken. They need you to fix them. Be the guy who fixes them. Do the job right. Help try to straighten out our reputation. It's going to take every, every ounce of, of our energy to do that. Always indicate to people that, that you deserve and you earn what they're giving you to do the job. Give them the value that they're paying for. You'll be good. They'll be good. Everything will be good, and it'll start to work out better for you in the future, okay? That's enough from your Uncle Jimmy. Uh, just be good at what you do, okay, folks? And uh, try to avoid horseshit internet content like we just examined on this particular podcast. All right? All right, that's it. See you.